Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I want to tell you about the Ringer's Gambling Podcast. It is called Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, and you're not going to believe this, but it is hosted by Cousin Sal, the biggest degenerate gambler that I know. He's such a degenerate. He has three other degenerates that he calls the degenerate trifecta, and they break down every conceivable gambling thing you would ever want to gamble on. They even take you to Captain Morgan's Make Believe Casino, where Sal makes up props on, on all kinds of things, sports, pop culture, you name it. Cousin Sal, he's been a staple on the BS podcast for the last 10 years. So good that we gave him his own podcast. Check it out, Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, guys? This is your girl, WWE Superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE Superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to The Masked Man Show. And you are listening to The Masked Man Show. And you're listening to The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network with the Playboy Dave Schilling. How you doing, man? Pretty good, man. What a week. What a week. I got to tell you, we got a lot to get through today. No big pay-per-views uh, to recap or to or to uh, preview, although I will say every time I'm like driving into the driving into the studio to do this show, inevitably I'm like at stoplights, <laughs> like looking at raw notes or like just trying to figure out what I what I'm about to forget. And the one thing I Googled on the way in today, feeling pretty good about everything, was is Hell in the Cell on Sunday. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I just like I just watched the end of SmackDown and I was just like, oh, wait, was that was that the setup for Hell in a Cell? Man, there's only one announced match. So you would hope that it's not this weekend not, unless they're doing it ECW style. I'm not sure it's going to make a whole lot of difference. Um, let's before we get into Ron SmackDown, let's touch on a couple of uh, news notes from around the wrestling world. Uh, I guess this category, we can categorize this as like firmly in the sad news category. Jeff Jarrett is uh, t- has been forced to take an indefinite leave of absence from GWF. We don't talk about them a lot. Um, it's GFW. I mean, and that's a good example as to why. I call PWG PGW for like eight years. So I just, it's a brain thing. Um, also, Global Force Wrestling is just a terrible name for a thing. It's very bad. I don't know what a Global Force is. Um, but Jeff Captain, Jarrett was, Captain Planet should be in charge of that, whatever it is. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett was globally forced out of his own company. Uh, <laughs> so, do we know what happened? I know there's rumor. Uh, honestly, it's there's rumor. I've been all I was all over the internet last night trying to piece it together. I ha- I didn't see Triple Mania. Uh, I did. I didn't. I, apparently, he wrestled in it or tra- attempted to wrestle in a trios match and and was in really rough shape. Um, I know he's dealt with some, you know, alcohol issues in the past, which, uh, you know, is, I mean, that's a, that's a personal onus. It's actually not the only time that's come up in the past 24 hours with, uh, you know, sports related figures, but, um, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a terrible thing. And, 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 uh, it, ideally it's a, it's a deeply personal thing. This is just one of those times where it's like shoved out into the public eye. If in case, if, if, if in fact that's what's going on. The the worst part about this, I mean, besides the personal issue, obviously with Jeff Jarrett, is what happens to Global Force Wrestling because there was a Sports Illustrated piece that came out today yeah. that said that 
Anthem is now considering selling the company because they're hemorrhaging money, which is shocking to me, but not shocking at all because of the track record of this company. But why buy a company, number one, that is a huge money loser? Number two, the other big part about that story is that they don't even own the rights to the name Global Force Wrestling. Yet, yeah. They hadn't, they hadn't completed that that transaction if that indeed was going to happen. So if they force Jeff Jarrett out and they decide to sell the company, they can't sell the trademark of Global Force Wrestling to anyone. It's almost worthless unless you really want the pop TV time slot, which would benefit Ring of Honor significantly. Yeah, I think that you're, I think that you, I mean, this is just evidence. We, we, we've seen this over and over again in, in modern pro wrestling. There's only... I mean, there's a lot of people do interesting things with their pro wrestling business model, but you either can like go small or you can just dedicate everything and try to go head to head with WWE. I mean, the only reason WCW was ever in the game with them is because they had an literally unlimited bank account. Yeah. And a a major time slot on a major cable company. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's it's absolutely necessary. I mean, you can I mean, PWG was uh, was a battle of Los Angeles this weekend. They have sort of the other end of the spectrum business model where they don't even want to let like cameras in there for for you know online streaming sites to to show what's going on you know they 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 do the show they get their two or three hundred people crammed in there charge them eighty bucks ahead and then sell DVD DVDs a couple weeks or months whatever down the line <clears throat> the talent makes a bunch of money and they make even more money selling T shirts and that's just like they're happy with what they got right. Uh, I mean, just and you can just look at NWA. I mean, they were ever, the the conventional wisdom now is they would have been fine. Um, you know, if they or Crockett, sorry, would have been fine if they hadn't tried to run the whole country. You right. know, if they just kept running the Southeast, they would probably. I mean, they and they had the the aura of being as big as WWE. Who knows if that's replicable, but or close to you know a, a competitor anyway. But when they started running Chicago and everywhere else, it's just like it's so hard to do it unless you're just like unless it's the money doesn't matter. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Paul Heyman always says these days that ECW became too big to be small and too small to be big. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they, there was no path to profitability for them. Uh, and then you think about, you know, Crockett had national television. Yeah. They had TBS, the Superstation, which was, had national uh, coverage, and they still couldn't run Chicago. They still couldn't run Los Angeles. They still couldn't run all these markets outside of their traditional home base. Yeah. So how do you have a, a, a national... Uh, wrestling company really in 2017, hard. unless you're big enough to go against it's WWE. Really, hard. I mean, and, and WCW even in their prime when they were when they were you know selling lots of tickets, still had this huge the, the, this huge disadvantage to WWE because WWE had been running the same the same basketball arenas for so long that they had like handshake deals for cheaper rates and all that kind of stuff. And even WWE's now like you know they run. They run Barclays instead of MSG part because they are getting a much better deal than MSG. They get like four nights for the price of one for SummerSlam, apparently, which is why they keep running it every year. Sure. That's what I've heard. Um, but anyway, I mean, MSG is an extreme example. But, uh, I mean, back to the, I guess, the matter at hand. I It would be great. I mean, it almost feels like at this point that that, you know, TNA, Impact, Global Force, whatever it's called, is just like, is just a... And uh, you know, a weight around the neck of the pro wrestling world, like what, like it's 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 actually keeping a, a like a, a competitor from arising because it's just sitting there in this nether world, 
And everybody's looking at that as the example of why, like, you know, it would never work to start a company again. That company's just cursed, man. Yeah, I don't think there's any path to success for them, which is why I almost feel like WWE should just buy the tape library and call it a day and let somebody else uh, try and pick up the pieces. Ring of Honor, start signing some of these people or some of these guys going to New Japan. I don't know. Yeah. Or, I mean, I mean, and, there, and we, we haven't even mentioned, mentioned Lucha Underground, which is, I mean, maybe that's the model. I, I mean, I, I, I love Lucha. We don't talk about it a lot either, but it's, you know, it's not a perfect product, but maybe that's that's closer to a model of how you compete. You they know? don't have to tour. They don't have to run well, shows what, every week. And yeah, I mean, that's what, you know, Impact has gotten into a lot of trouble by following. I mean, I think it was Jarrett's idea to do all these live shows and, you know, get 200 people in the door. You know, like, what do you even do? Anyway. Um, it's tough. It's a tough world out there. I mean, and honestly, everyone listening to this knows that I grew up on Jeff Jarrett and he's one of my first favorite wrestlers. And I, I wish the guy all the best, man. I, I really hope he, he, uh, he figures his shit out. And, and that's kind of more important than the future of global force wrestling, sadly. Um, moving on from that, uh, and, uh, moving on from, uh, raw, I mean, from SmackDown was, John Bradshaw Layfield. This is, uh, I, again, another thing where I'm surprised, but I shouldn't be surprised. This seems like it's been in the offing for a long time. <laughs> I don't know the why. Whole, uh, go ahead. The whole Moro thing yeah. certainly made people look at JBL a little differently. It almost feels like Moro landing on his feet was like the nail in JBL's <laughs> coffin. You know, it's like, no, Moro's not just worthless. He's <laughs> he's, he's actually very talented. Yeah. And he just did the biggest boxing match in a decade. Yeah. Six million buys for that pay-per-view. Is it is it crazy to I mean, is it why in 2017 are we are they putting out press releases about him about JBL spending more time with his charity? <laughs> I mean, the pro I mean, it's not only is it just like transparently a, a you know, a cover, but like it's okay to like move on from a WWE announcing gig. You know, it's like this is I, he he came on in a part as a part time role. It's like this is exhausting. I'm just going to not do this for a minute. Well, it gives him an opportunity to promote his his charity. You're right. You're absolutely right. That's why. Um, but anyway, I mean, I think that Corey Graves. I mean, JBL aside, uh, the Corey Graves addition to SmackDown is uh, for in, you know one weekend is a spectacular move. Um, love Corey Graves. He certainly, you know, we talked a little bit about giving uh giving nakamura and and uh finn the mic to sort of like see what they could do to test the range you know and i and i feel like as silly as it was that whole angle with kurt the angle with kurt angle and the illegitimate son was a test for Corey graves to see like how valuable he could really be to the company in more than just the straight you know heel commentator role and for i mean what he was given he did great and now it just seems like WWE is, realizes how invaluable he is to the company. Yeah, he's done something that I didn't think was possible, which is to make that heel commentator role work in 2017. Because obviously kayfabe is totally dead. Um, there isn't that sort of cheap heat attitude about uh, how to get over as a heel commentator. And you can't do the things that Jesse Ventura and Bobby Heenan and even Larry Zbysko got to do in the 80s and 90s, which is tell kind of dirty jokes or be kind of racist. The one thing that they do, and we talked about this, I mean, Rosenberg will talk about it a lot too, but the, like the, the best thing that all those guys did, especially Heenan was just, and, and, and uh, Jesse too, was just see different things. When the heels pulled the tights, just say like, oh, what great leverage with the leg or whatever, you know? And 
I feel like you can do that in 2017 because the straight announcer, like the head commentator, is bullshitting us anyway. Wrestling's fake, right? So why? I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe it's too real to say like I'm like I'm looking at the same thing and seeing something different because it's all bullshit. But man, that, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I miss. Anyway, Corey's doing a great job. I'm sure he will grow into this role. The interesting thing is whether or not he's going to stay on Raw for an. Ex- I mean, I, I don't know that there's any reason for him not to, except that that's you know. The, the goal when they did the brand split was to have separate announced teams to make the shows feel different. And, um, and you know, working both shifts is a lot of work. Well, let me ask you this question. Well, actually, there's two questions. Number one, who would you pluck out of obscurity like to take over the second heel commentator role? Second question is, is this the beginning of Moro coming back? And Michael Cole uh, maybe stepping aside because I don't think has that has that been rumored or is that just uh... I, I mean people are obviously talking about it just because it everyone seemed to think that JBL was the reason why Moro left in the first place. Uh, do you do you make that that move? Well, Moro's back and Moro's in a good spot for Moro. I think. I mean, I don't mean that as some sort of like like fatherly thing i mean actually i prefer him on that i i don't it's weird because more at the end i might have said this on the show or i might have just said this off the cuff like i i think mara's one of the best in the business i i don't think at, at the end smackdown was really or, or raw even was really a great fit for him. i wouldn't mind him on pay-per-views but he has this sort of like bombast in his voice that i almost prefer uh i almost prefer like a more low-key approach because again going back because wrestling is bullshit like it works really well for real sports yeah and gives it a sort of wwe vibe to mma or boxing but like back when they were trying to get mike goldberg to come to wwe like that would have been a clusterfuck man. oh yeah because he because he's just he's a he's a carny like he he, he would have just sounded like i mean it would have been like putting vince back in the booth you know i mean it, it, there, it wouldn't have it, well, i don't think i don't like the, i like i think tom phillips is like suddenly like one of the best one of the most important guys to the smackdown product because he's just sort of like like he has the announcer voice but he's not booming and he just sort of like describes what happens you well there, know? there are people that are always talking about michael cole trying to step back and not do raw and because he's been doing it for you know a f- over a decade um and that's a longer run than a lot of people have had it's longer than you know uh gorilla had doing the lead play-by-play yeah. I, I think don't, I, I don't know but to go back to my my question who do you think should be the 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 second heel color commentator uh one the, one name that somebody mentioned to me that i would have rejected out of hand a few years ago maybe even six months ago but what the one that it actually stuck in my head is bringing back taz oh if you let him just be taz yeah and not be wwe taz it'd be great i would love to see don Callis get the job because oh, i think good. he does a fantastic job on on new japan and he has that classic <clears throat> heel color guy vibe of supporting the heels no matter what being kind of sleazy and and telling you know kind of corny dad jokes i mean i think i think nigel is in nigel mcginnis is in a spot to i don't think he's going to get that job but certainly like they're giving him you know some of the work that Corey is leaving behind and and uh he's he's a totally different look for them so i think that in some sense you got to think outside the box if that's the way if, if indeed wwe is thinking outside the box um frankly if it were up to me i would just do i would go old school man i would leave that chair open and bring in bring in, you know, Titus for like a couple of matches, for for a show or for whatever. I mean, not just, don't just bring him in, don't just bring wrestlers in 
to talk about their to, when their feud, you know, when their storylines happening in the ring. Like just bring in bring in talkers and try people out. You know, I think they're uh, they're just keeping that seat warm for the Miz. Ooh, in five years, I can't see why he wouldn't take that job unless he wants to. Nah, he'll. I mean, I feel like he needs he'll, like he'll want to take some time off and try to try to go break into Hollywood or whatever. But I but I agree. I think that the transition straight from the ring to the chair, even if you're not being like forced into it, like Randy Savage, is a tough one. You yep. know, because you just want to get involved and. I mean, and it's, you know, inevitably you're going to get dragged back into the ring. Yeah, and there were a lot of great promos who were not great color people. Like Ted DiBiase wasn't great. Kurt Hennig wasn't great. It's, I mean, to be perfectly honest, JBL wasn't great. No. I mean, JBL was was good. I feel like JBL at the beginning, he was a breath of fresh air. And I feel like the... You know, the, it was almost as if the less he the less he was involved, the less he was aware of the storylines, the better he was. <laughs> um, why not just let's just bring Pat Patterson back for a while? No one will understand <laughs> what he's saying, but it'll be it'll be a great it'll be fun. Bruce Pritchard doing Pat Patterson is the color guy. Oh, well, there Bru- you go. Bruce could do it. Bruce could do it. Yeah, hmm. he might be available. Um, so yeah, that's I mean, I I, I big, big props to Corey Graves. He's really great. Um, I, I he it feels like. I mean, I hope that he sticks around because he's just like such a talented guy. Um, yeah, I'm not going to complain if he does both shows permanently. Oh no, not at all. I just it's 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 just an interesting question, you know. Um, I it's funny. It's still funny to me though that like for I mean, we talking about bringing Morrow in. There was a talk of Goldberg or whatever, but like it's still the people as much as WWE tries to be this multimedia company, you know, hiring writers from Hollywood real obviously real production staff and all that kind of stuff it's still hilarious that like the real the people that work out on these like you know commentary play-by-play roles are just like wrestlers who weren't couldn't wrestle or like what you know i mean obviously there's a, there's huge exceptions you gotta know but it's to like sell. wrestling lifers you know yeah. jim ross was like you know like driving old wrestlers around and sweeping up the ring and then now and then he became the greatest color or the greatest play-by-play guy of all time you got to know how to sell the product if you if you can't sell you can't get over then you're not going to get a job that's true um well for now Corey's still on raw we got to talk about the the uh the big show um the big show i meant raw but let's just go in and talk about the big show before we get to cena reigns part two um, is this in fact, you were saying before, and i totally missed this new bite that, uh, this news bite that, uh, that the, the cage match between big show and, um, Braun Strowman, great match on Monday night might've been big show's last match. Only because he's going under the knife. He's getting surgery, I believe on his hip. Uh, and there were a lot of people the next day and Monday night after the show that were kind of eulogizing his career. Even Braun Strowman wrote a big, long thing on, I think, Instagram about, you know, what he meant to Strowman's career and what he meant to wrestling and the death of the big man and professional wrestling. So it it did feel sort of like a valedictory moment for him. But, I mean, I, I don't, I'm sure he's got one more match in him, at least at a WrestleMania or something. His contract is also up in February. Right. So who knows? He certainly will not be back before... Um, the Royal Rumble. Yeah. If he's getting hip surgery, I, did you did you enjoy the cage match? Oh, I thought it was great. Those guys have chemistry together. Um, the Big Show knows more about professional wrestling than most people in the world. Wait, can we just put him in Corey's seat? <laughs> Big Show is actually really funny. 
Yeah, he would be good, I'm sure. If they just, if what they need is one of those, like, the, the, the office chairs that they all sit in, if they just got a double-sized one, so it was just, like, comically <laughs> oversized sitting next to it. It would look a little funny when they do the uh, the cutaways to the desk if he's towering over no, everybody that would else. be the whole joke, that every time they go to the desk, <laughs> his head is cut off. Like, it's just, like, him from, like, mouth down. Well, Shivani tells the story of how he used to have his, his chairs raised so he could look as tall as everybody else because he's a short guy. So maybe you just lower the Big Show's Big Show's just sitting cross-legged on the floor. <laughs> they cut and- <laughs> a hole into the floor so that he can sit in the in the hole. Oh, man, I really love that match. And I, it was funny because I the match ended, and I was just like, you know what? They didn't even pull, like, a monster something blows up spot, and it was still a, an entirely, like, fulfilling match. Um, They're good. They're and, good and together. Then, but then they did do, like, the breaking the side of the ring at, right. in the post-match or whatever, which was great. Um, you know, I mean, like as scary as it must be to be a wrestler in so many ways, um, big, big show letting Braun pick him up and throw him around has got to be the most, like the bravest thing that anybody does. You know, I mean, it's just, and Braun, I mean, Braun's, Braun can do it. I mean, there's no question about it, but like every time he picked him up for the power slam, I was just like, oh, he's going to drop him on his head. (laughs) He's just too big. Nah, Braun's a, Braun's a pro, man. That guy, that guy is uh, Brown. Really is. I mean, there's incredible. It's like, it's like week by week, you just you're like you're waiting to see the hole in his game, and it's just not there. The promos keep getting better. The yes. matches keep getting better. Yes, he's a total package, and, and, and I'm not surprised that people like Hulk Hogan are speaking out and saying, you know, this is this guy is very special because he is. Yeah, it's really really good. Um, well, speaking of special, we've got to touch on Cena Reigns Part Two. The um, as the valet pointed out this week, the uh, it, this was like the kids' version of the work shoot promo. <laughs> I mean, he still called him a bitch. Sure, a but punk, it was a lot of bitch. yeah. And there was the like, there was the whole like zipper busted big dog thing, which by the way Ooh. might have been the greatest Roman Reigns moment of my lifetime. But the uh, just the, the his his felicity in responding to that, I'm sure it was planned, but it se- it was a good look for him. But then Cena comes right back with the zinger about him not having balls, and. Uh, Again, I feel like John Cena outclassed him. Yeah, I just feel like this was, we talked about it last week. I said if they just keep rolling out more work shoot promos week after week, it's going to be miserable. And this wasn't the end of the world, but it did seem sort of like, like I feel like this promo is going to be in more promo, in, in more video packages going forward than than last week's. Yeah. Because this was like the sort of like, you know, WWE approved version of a work shoot. It was like, it was the kids version. It was just like all these sort of like, just, it was just, you know, schoolyard taunts. Um, and I like that they, you know, got into it a little bit. And I'm excited about it. I think it's going to depend on who goes over. I said last week that Roman needs to lose. I don't think he's going to, but this is, this is the moment where if they really want people to like him, He's got to lose this match, and he's got to look vulnerable. But that's not his character. He I, he leans more and more into being a, a heel every week, and uh, I don't I don't think this project is is going to get to where they want it to be. If they keep doing this, that's for sure. I think it's I think it's I mean that's obviously the most interesting part of this whole feud is whether or not I mean, and it's been the most interesting part of the Roman Reigns you know Roman Reigns existence for the past two years. Is the, does WWE realize? that he needs to lose to to get back, I mean, to get to where they want him to get. That they actually just need to almost job him out. It's not even losing either, because he's lost plenty of matches. It's that he has to lose, and he has to register the loss. 
It has to be a situation. They have to register the loss, but through him. Yeah, exactly. His character needs to have some doubts. And like I said last week, the genius of that Cena rock match at WrestleMania, I believe 20, was it 28, 29, Uh 20, 20, whatever it was. The first one, I think it was 28, was that Cena lost and then he doubted himself because he made a mistake. And The Rock could say he was a better wrestler. Right now, Roman Reigns feels like he is better than everyone. And they keep emphasizing that he is the best. He's the big dog. He's the top guy. He's unstoppable. No one wants to get behind that. Yeah. Even Hulk Hogan was vulnerable. Hulk Hogan had to get his ass kicked by Earthquake to make that match at SummerSlam a big deal. Hulk Hogan had to go film Mr. Nanny. So, uh, But also that got heat for him. That got sympathy for him. No, I know. I mean, this is part, I mean, it, it would be great. If, if Roman Reigns disappeared for six months, I think people would be excited to see him come back. Yeah. Um, so let's find him a WWE film to do. <laughs> what would what would you cast Roman Reigns in? The Marine your, Six. Now you have to new uh, new oh, concept. Geez. What is, they, you're you're sitting down. Pit, this is the pitch meeting. What is what is what is Roman Reigns? What is the role for Roman Reigns? I think Roman Reigns is a DEA agent <laughs> in Miami, Florida, because he's from. He's going to be undercover because to explain yeah. the long hair. Yeah, exactly. He's he's pretending to be a low level drug dealer, but in reality, he's infiltrating this cartel. But he also has a wife and a newborn child. And so he's risking them when he goes undercover because if they find out that he has a newborn child and a wife, their lives are in danger. Hmm. So he's straddling that line. And how does he keep the ruse up? I'm into this. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I live in Hollywood, man, because I have these great ideas. This is, this is really good. What WWE if- Films, call me up. What if we just did a full-on departed thing where, like, he is the DEA agent trying to make, like, pretending to be a mob boss and then they're or pretending to be a drug dealer, and then there's, like, an actual drug guy who's infiltrated the DEA? Ooh. Who, would be, who could play opposite Roman Reigns? Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose, because they have chemistry already. They do have chemistry. And Dean is that, you know, he's a wild card. You don't know where he's coming from. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, what, heel producer Jim is in the air. Why don't they remake Face Off with Roman Reigns and John Cena? Yeah, but let's gender bend it so Roman Reigns has to become a woman. Sasha. Sasha Banks, there you go. There you there, go. That's good. Ooh, yes. I'm in on this. Um, all right, well, well, we'll try to think of a title for this movie by the end. Uh, I, won't, I won't put you on the spot. Um, we're not going to go through everything on Raw. What do you think about Jason Jordan's match? I was it's good. It was pretty that that rolling uh, suplex thing impresses. He's a great wrestler. He just doesn't have the thing that you want from a guy in his position, which is charisma. Yeah. Well. Okay. So my buddy, my buddy Tom uh, texted me while he was watching this match, and he was like, "All I've wanted since I started watching wrestling, this is him talking, was like a legit." you know, Olympic style wrestler to come in. And now I see that that was a terrible idea. <laughs> and I, and I was just, and I was like, yeah, it, do, it gets, it does kind of great. I mean, it's a little bit dull, but it's a great crutch for these guys when they start, you know, Brock did it. Kurt did it. It's, it's a great, it's, it's, it, you know, it gets you into the main event or at least it gets you on the show. It makes you look legit. It gives you a little bit, you know, something a little different. Um, and hope and and I think that's where we are with Jason Jordan. Where you know he's not going to turn into Kurt Angle overnight, but he you know he turned into his son overnight. So it'll, <laughs> it'll, it'll be a matter of time, and, and and hopefully he'll 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 blossom. It's it's I think hard for them to not 
realize that Kurt Angle was a once in a lifetime talent. Yeah. That came into WWE basically already fantastic because he was a great wrestler. He was an amazing talker from the jump, you know, from the beginning. He was cutting better promos than half the roster. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, I think that no one could have expected them. They certainly didn't sign him knowing that he was going to be like the best comedian on the roster. No. You know, I mean, that was just a, it was just magic, you know, yeah. and, and, and it's one of, just one of those things. You put somebody in front of a camera and tell them to scream like an idiot. And so it works for some people and other people it doesn't, you know, I mean, we've seen how many, how many of those segments on the, uh, on the breaking ground, you know, the breaking ground promo class or whatever we've seen where you're just cringing, you yeah. know, and then somebody goes up there and you, and you know, there's all the stories about, about, you know, Kevin Owens or whoever just goes up there and just like knocks it, the knocks out of the park the first time. Anyway, um, we'll get to Kevin Owens in a minute before we get too far away from Cena and Reigns. I wanted to give a shout out to Nia Jax. Uh, I'm sure you don't know where this is going because I think she deserves the award for the real work shoot kayfabe busting promo <laughs> of the week because she's one of the few wrestlers who actually openly has figured out, uh, openly stated the secret of professional wrestling, which is if I beat up the champion, I get a title shot. And she was just really irate at Kurt Angle because it, she because she figured out the key to life. All you have to do is slam the champ and you should have the pay-per-view match. And Kurt Angle was like, oh, no, but there's but, you know, Sasha has a rematch. I the whole that whole angle is just baffling to me. <laughs> at least they're not. At least it's not what we thought it was last week. Right. We got to give her a rematch. What? What? Ugh. And then adding Emma to it. They've just taken a big dump on Emma. I don't think Emma's that great personally. No, I think she's wonderful. I don't I don't see the 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 charisma. I don't see the the the, the promo skills. And you can say all oh, the writers have have fucked her up, but you know, the best of the best are able to take shitty material sure. and at least, you know, pop when they're on when they're in the ring or when they're on camera cutting a promo and I'm just not seeing it. Well, she got a dancing gimmick over better. I mean, she she was made she was as success I mean, she wasn't like Fandango at his peak, but probably had more longevity and just doing a silly dance every week. <laughs> I mean, that would be preferable to just being irritating. Yeah, I just see her on camera and I get irritated. <clears throat> well, listen, A, you're getting worked, bro. Of course. And B, that's what wrestling's let's about. give her some credit. She started the women's revolution. So, <laughs> um, According to her Twitter timeline, this is a really good decision. Um, what, were you going to say something before I, de before I detoured into Nia Jax territory? No, no, no. no. I was just going to say I think that the best way for Jason Jordan to get over is to let Corey Graves be his manager. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I, let's just wait for him inevitably to say he's not actually Kurt Angle's son, yeah. and then we'll see. We'll see go, we'll go from there. Um, they did seem to, we, you know, we we last week we were like, I don't know why they're just tossing Sasha aside for this for Nia Jax, and they're not. They they whether or not this was the plan, that's no longer the plan. Um, similarly, Jeff Hardy we thought was going to be fighting the Miz at No Mercy, and it looks like this is just like a one off. This was just like he won his he won his contendership and lost the match on Monday night. I guess I, I I'm not sure what the plan is with the Hardy Boys at this point. Maybe they're just waiting for GFW to fall apart so they can buy the tape library and the trademarks and do the broken Matt Hardy gimmick. Um, maybe they're going to do a, a a six man again at No Mercy with the Mistourage, the Hardys, and one other person. Mm. I don't I don't know. It, Ms. Finn Balor is where we should be personally. Well, Finn Balor opinion, said but, it in his promo. Yeah, he he should be the number one contender for the Intercontinental Title. I wonder but. if we're just 
I mean, it, it would be it, they'd be cutting it close, but I wonder if we're just treading water to give Samoa Joe that spot. Let Samoa Joe kind of work face and demolish the Miz. I wouldn't be mad at that. Kind of because like there's a, nobody. I mean, it's. I mean, the the No Mercy card is set. Then the Miz is just not on it, and yeah. that, would, that seems. I mean, not surprising, but surprising based on where we've been for the past three weeks. Yeah, do Honky Tonk Man Ultimate Warrior all over again and have it be Samoa Joe in the Ultimate Warrior position, and just beat the crap out of him because the Miz will keep his heat no matter what. Um. Yeah, but man. That's what you used to say about Dolph Ziggler, um, which is a good transition to SmackDown. Before we get there, though, a quick break. Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Wanted to tell you about House of Carbs, hosted by one of my best friends, Joe House. I've known him since 1988, and the entire time I've known him, he's been very, very hungry. And now he has a chance to host a podcast about being hungry, all the things that make him hungry, the food that he loves. It is a podcast by the hungry for the hungry and it's not your typical foofy food podcast where they're talking about foie gras and all that stuff no no we're talking about diners we're talking about fried chicken sandwiches pizza slices best chinese food everything you everything you talk about with food is on this podcast and with great guests like david chang uh chris bianco jimmy kimmel bunch of people coming up all of them love food nobody loves food quite as much as joe house but listen Check this out. Subscribe right now to House of Carbs wherever you get your podcasts. All right. SmackDown. Um, the greatest television program in modern history. It was a good show. It was a really good show. Dolph Ziggler, though. <laughs> Just Dolph to Z- go back to Dolph. I, uh, That's another one I'm not really excited about. Listen, if you're going to, I mean, at the, pl- at the place they are with Dolph, this is maybe the best thing they could do. I mean, and I, I'm, I agreed. It was a, it was like a cringy kind of segment, but it was, you know, we've been, we've been waiting for like the, the soft reboot for a year and a half, and now this is just sort of like we have like the self aware reboot. My problem with it is that he goes out every week and he says, "I'm sick and tired of all these wrestlers dancing around and making a fool of themselves when they come out to the ring." And Dolph Ziggler's gimmick has always been dancing and making a fool of himself on his way to the ring. He shakes his ass. He does a bunch of goofy stuff. That's fine. It's wrestling. You're supposed to do all that stuff. But now he's like, oh, no, I'm all about wrestling. I'm Mr. Wrestling 3 or something. It doesn't fit for me. His whole thing has been being charismatic, being a a showman. And now he's all against that stuff? Yeah. He literally wears pink all the time. And silver and the American flag. Like 800 colors. He's got a million colors in his outfit and his Titantron and stuff. And oh, now he's just plain vanilla Dolph Ziggler who hates everything. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously he like went to the checkout WWE merch at Hot Topic and just stayed at Hot Topic for (laughs) it. But the, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it'll be interesting to see where they go. Give him a, give him a real gimmick. Give him something that makes sense for his character. You don't think Dolph Ziggler, is Dolph Ziggler dark the answer? Just like Dolph Ziggler just like walking into the ring with no music and punching people? That would be preferable to his cosplay, I think. It seems like, I mean, the cosplay is sort of like what happened on Tuesday was it kind of eliminated the possibility for any actual big gimmick. You know, he's he's rejecting it all. Right. I don't know. I I, Listen, I I love Dolph Ziggler. He's a great worker. He's he can cut great promos. I just don't. I don't know. It's it's like his his floor is really high. Yeah. His ceiling is very 
very hard to get a hold on. He's in this n- narrow spot where he's never going to be a main event guy, clearly, but he's never going to drop all the way down to the bottom of the card and be a jobber because he's too talented. So yeah. what do you do with a guy like that? Well, The Miz has figured out how to do that and to be valuable to the company. The real, I mean, a great angle for him, but they, I mean, we just to totally rip off Elias, although this is, you know, SmackDown, so you can rip off, it, it's a separate show. But just to have him come to the ring and just do comedy for like <laughs> like two minutes, just <laughs> bad comedy running down the fans and like the city that they're in and then just wait for him to get booed out of the arena every time. That's not a bad idea. Um, and, and it's a great heel move because like him wanting to go be a comic instead of being a wrestler would, is just like great heel material to start with. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it, the big thing from SmackDown was not that. And uh, that's fine. Um, but the big thing from SmackDown was Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. I'm sure everybody listening has watched it, but in case you didn't, Kevin Owens and Shane sort of, you know, have been going at it in various forms for the past month or so. Um, Shane, you know, was the referee at the last pay-per-view and and, uh, and, and in his match with AJ and sort of interfered. Uh, I don't know if a ref can really interfere if you're, and also the commissioner of the show or whatever. But anyway... He's uh, Kevin Owens has a bone to pick with Shane, justifiably, mm-hmm. and he cut a great p- promo on Shane this week, which resulted in basically baiting Shane into attacking him, and it worked. And then, uh, and then Kevin Owens said he's going to sue the company for everything it's worth, and and um, Daniel Bryan was forced to indefinitely suspend Shane, and said that Vince McMahon is going to come next week uh, to, I guess, to 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 deal with Kevin Owens. This is. This is really exciting to me. I, I mean, I don't I, interrupt me. I mean, if you have something to chime in, but I just, I just like this was the first time I didn't even know I was waiting for it, but this was the first time since he debuted that I really felt like they figured out how to do Ring of Honor Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen on WWE television. He's just, he's not the biggest badass in the world but he's just like a smart talker and he can, and and his just that his, his aggrievement or whatever is just like so palpable. It just really, really works. And I don't know if this is going to be a straight replay of his, of his Jim Cornette angle in ring of honor, but it really feels like this is the sort of fighting the power that he's really good at. You know, who knows? I don't think it needs to end with him being a baby face or whatever, but it's just like, it just felt like the, perfect tone for Kevin Owens and I and it just made me just, I was enthralled but I mean the big talking point from that promo is him <clears throat> saying that his family would be better off if he died in that helicopter accident <laughs> which is I glossed over that yeah that you bury the lead here pal uh that is one of those heel statements that they don't really go for very often where the heel says something that is truly abhorrent yeah. And that if you said that in real life, I mean, that them's are fighting words. Yeah. I, you would be better off being dead. <laughs> I wish you had died in a, in a helicopter accident. Those are the kinds of things that, that still get heat. You know, when you go to, to those dark places, and that's what wrestling is built on, is going to those dark places and then the good guy getting his or her revenge. So I, I think it's a really well-built angle now that we've seen where it's gone the the sort of gyrations and machinations to get there maybe weren't perfect 
because I felt like a lot of this angle was a, a replay of the AJ Styles one before WrestleMania, where it's, sure. you screwed me, and I'm mad because I'm the heel, so I'm going to get revenge because you're incompetent. But yeah. I think Kevin Owens is so good at talking, it feels different enough, because he can go to those places, and his character is still viable. AJ Styles is not going to say stuff like that, because there's a, there's a level of, of honorable... Uh, behavior from mm-hmm. AJ Styles historically, even though you know he was he had a great heel run. There's a reason why it was so easy for him to transition back into being a babyface after WrestleMania. Yeah. Kevin Owens is just a dick. I mean, the character of Kevin Owens, the person is a total sweetheart, but the character is just absolutely shitty. No, I'm, this is kayfabe only. The real Kevin Owens is a dick. Too. <laughs> um, no, it's a. It, I thought I just thought it was really good. I totally agree. This made me interested in seeing those two guys fight in a way that I wasn't before. Before it was just sort of like an assumption, yes, and it'll be an interesting match. It'll get top billing. It'll be and that's good for KO and whatever. Now I'm like into the feud, you know. Um, I just think Kevin Owens is is better when he like litigious is better than just whiny, you know. Yeah. I mean, just like because it's because it's there's an intelligence there. I'm gonna sue this company. I'm gonna take the money. You know, I'm gonna like get what I want. <laughs> Now, inevitably, it'll it'll end up with like a commissionership on a pole match at Hell in a Cell or whatever. (laughs) Commissioner Um, Kevin Owens, I'm on board for. Yeah, I mean, this might be if I mean, do we do we think this is gonna be a match at Hell in a Cell? I mean, this feels like I don't know why you would save it for a later pay per view when like you have the cell sitting right there. It's the ultimate blow off gimmick, so why not? And it allows Shane McMahon to do all of the stunts that people love to see him do. It hides some of his deficiencies as a wrestler. Um, as much as I love that AJ Styles match at WrestleMania, and I still think it was, if not the best match uh, on that card, one of the best matches, uh, it, it didn't have the high spots that people associate with Shane McMahon. That's not going to be a problem in a Hell in a Cell match. And uh, Kevin Owens can work a, a whole hell of a lot better, no pun intended, than The Undertaker could at WrestleMania 31. Uh, or 32, what was that? 30, 32, too many WrestleManias. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this. I do feel like, and, and to go back to a thing that you've, you've said many times on this show, Vince McMahon should be involved in that Roman Reigns, John Cena feud and not this one, because yeah. what better way to get Roman Reigns hypothetically over as a heel than to have Vince McMahon be on camera advocating for him? I mean, yeah, obviously I agree with that. Um, it would be incredibly funny. I, it might it might distract from the, from the Cena Reigns angle, but how funny would it be if Vince McMahon came up to like break up the fight because he just is so invested <laughs> in both of their careers? <laughs> I, I would it's be like, Come on, that. guys. Come on. Let's be friends. If we do a second one of these, if they run it back, Vince has to be the special guest referee. If he can move around. I mean, I don't know what... His mobility is at this point at his at his. Uh, he doesn't need age. mobility because the special guest. If Vince were the referee and Cena reigns, he would just every time there was a pin, he would just like raise his hand and then he just couldn't do it. He can't count either <laughs> of the guys out. I love this idea. He's just like tears running down his face, just like not unable to slap the ring mat. Can't they both go over? Yeah, that would be so great. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought that I, I I'm really excited to see where we go with with. Kevin Owens from here. I think that Kevin Owens and Vince in the ring is going to have some of that, you know, Vince, Vince and punk being in the ring together for the first time vibe. 
um, you know, it's Vince acknowledging. I mean, this is the this is the most formal acknowledgement, more so than putting the belt on him. That Kevin Owens is has made it. Yeah, he's a top top guy. If he's not only working with Shane McMahon, but having Vince come out of you know, hibernation, on camera hibernation, to be a part of this angle, it's a big big deal. Yeah, man. Um, what else on SmackDown? We officially have a, a Hell in a Cell main event, um, a rematch. I don't think it's going to be the last match. Do you think it's going to be Owens Shane if that happens? Yeah, I mean it's that... going to be one of those matches. It's going to be hard to top because of the stunts. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen. I, I'm I, I'm a professed fan of of Ginger Mahal being champion. Obviously, there's some limitations there, and and it's you know, but the way they've been booking it with with sort of like a you know, that's main event 1A and there's a main event 1B at all times, you know, for the U.S. title or whatever is, I mean, it's, they've been, I think they've been doing that pretty, pretty well. Um, but, you know, gender, I mean, gender could have a good hell in a cell match, but it'll be because of the cell. I mean, you know, you know it's not, I don't think he's going to be elbow dropping off the top or anything like that. I, I mean, hope he, they don't do it in the cell. Oh, really? Yeah. I think they should do at most two Hell in a Cell matches. When you get to three or four, then it just dilutes the impact of the match. And there are a lot of spots that you can't do because the guy in the match, the guys in the match before already did those. So how do you balance the drama on a card when you've got three of the biggest gimmick matches of all time on the same card? It's hard to do. Um, and I don't think that this match deserves it because they don't really hate each other. It's a, it's about the belt. It's not about a personal issue or or a blood feud. It's about the championship. So it can just be a regular match. And we've already seen a Punjabi prison. It's all downhill from there. Once you once you pull out the Punjabi prison, how do you compete? Yeah, I mean, but the, I mean, yeah, I think the prison match was just ridiculous, but it wasn't a, terrible. No, it wasn't terrible. But I I just I don't I don't think you need to do another cell match with Jinder Mahal so soon after that one. I, I certainly hope that this is a, there's a title switch coming. I, I, I don't know how you job him out a second time. It's weird because it gives, I mean, it feel, I feel like this is that it's a good, it's a, him being champion is, a, is weirdly like a great platform for Nakamura. I'm not quite sure that Nakamura winning is the best look for Nakamura. You know what I mean? Like Nakamura, just like gender, like it, it would be more meaningful if Nakamura took the belt from Orton or from, you know, more of like an established star. Well, but they, maybe not. Maybe then we, we go back to the ultimate warrior honky tonk man thing. And that, that heat was, was huge for warrior finally beating that guy because he's honky tonk man has, uh, by hook or by crook escaped every baby face challenger he's had. And finally, someone just comes out and beats the shit out of him. And everybody's happy. I think you could have a similar sort of uh, outcome for this. It might be better for him to, to knock this guy off. He's already beaten Randy Orton clean. He's already beaten John Cena clean. The next step is giving him the title and yeah. seeing what he can do with it. Yeah, I mean, he's so over. And, he I, and, he's, and he's so great. He, he's, he's gotten over... Despite the fact that he hasn't really had a marquee, excellent four or five star match since debuting against Sami Zayn, and yeah. he doesn't cut promos, he he's he's done this just by being so yeah, charismatic. What is his, I mean, that's got to be his best match, right? Yeah. Like, what's his second best match? 
Was it like was it Dolph Ziggler two on SmackDown? Was it with like the rematch they had on SmackDown? It could be his Finn Balor match, the Finn Balor goodbye match. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 tough. I mean, it's he's sort of like um, we talked about it before, but there was this like you know we're, we'll talk a little bit about I and mean, we can talk about like four five star matches or whatever. But we talked like we you know we the Ringer ran a piece on Kurt Angle around WrestleMania time about how his obsession with like five-star matches throughout even to this day uh even though he actually didn't get a lot of five-star if if any five-star matches from Meltzer in his in his career although he was like wrestler of the year for you know a couple of times um AJ Styles is another one who I think he only has I might be totally misremembering this but I feel like that like the TNA triple threat was like the only five-star match that he's had none of those Cena matches no I don't think so I could I could be wrong I could be I could totally be misremembering that um but yeah, I mean, there, there, there's a certain like aura of being a five star match guy that you, but that doesn't, but who, but then you can be that guy and not actually have the matches, right? And Nakamura, you know, was was, I mean, is not even in Japan was not like a night in, night out the mo, like no. the AJ Styles like super worker, you know. So I mean, but it'll, I, I think the up the 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 positive spin is we're still waiting on the great Nakamura match. Oh, I think we're gonna get it if it's him and AJ Styles at WrestleMania or anytime really. That's that's the that the moment when he's got a dance partner that's really on his level. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think that if you it's interesting because as much as they're just throwing everything at the wall right now, we're getting Cena reigns immediately. We're getting Kevin Owens Shane immediately. I mean, you know, the next pay-per-views are all these literally WrestleMania. I mean, they it's irritating to hear them keep saying WrestleMania caliber matches, but that's what these are. Um it's sort of interesting to kind of like look a step down the road and see what pieces they're not cramming together right away. And Nakamura AJ is one that really could be one of the biggest matches on the WrestleMania card, but it would not be nearly as big if they did it at Hell in a Cell. I mean, both of those, both of them have, especially Nakamura, have a distance to go before they earn that level of of acclaim within like the mainstream wrestling audience. Right, right. Um, I mean, AJ is obviously hugely over. Um, but, but that's a story that needs to be told, you know, and it's not just one, he, he doesn't have the, he, I mean, he, it, it need it doesn't just automatically get that sort of recognition partly because it could just happen on SmackDown. Yep. Um, I mean, they seem very nervous about what will happen once football season starts because there's always a, a, a tail off in ratings once, once football is going to be tough. Um, you know, the network subscriptions are not where they want them to be. Um, speaking of the network, um, and speaking of five-star matches, uh, things that we will not talk about today, but which we hope to talk about very, very soon. One, um, Keith Lee and, uh, and new WWE signee Donovan Dijak both had, I mean, apparently had like the greatest match in the history of professional wrestling at, uh, at PWG this weekend on night three. I cannot wait to see video of that. I did not see it live and, and desperately want to, um, Good. It's a good signing. Uh, Donovan's a good signing by WWE. Keith Lee, though, is the guy. Is the real guy. I don't. I mean, I'm sure that they've had talks. I don't know any background information, um, but he is an amazing, amazing wrestler, and and could be over immediately in WWE. I mean, he's not. I mean, and part of it said he's just different. He's just a big dude who would walk right in, and just everybody would look at him. Um, so anyway, I, I I know that there were uh, I know that 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 William Regal and uh, and Brian Kendrick and X Pac were there scouting or you know doing their due diligence over the weekend. Um, 
uh, hopefully I'm sure Keith Lee caught the rye. I'm sure he was already like, you know, a gigantic, uh, a gigantic moonsaulting blip on their radar. So anyway, but uh, uh, the other thing we're not going to cover and that we will cover soon is the uh, May Young Classic. Yeah, we want to do a a separate episode, I guess, leading into the final. The final is next week. Yeah. So we got we got to get on that. But uh, everything that I've watched so far has been great. There's, they, they did the four horsewomen versus four horsewomen angle. Mm-hmm. So it seems like Ronda Rousey is happening. Yeah. Um, and it makes sense to to run that through this tournament. It gets people interested in the tournament. It makes them want to subscribe to the network. All yeah. that, all that stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think it's been a success so far. It's been the talk of the wrestling industry. I wonder where it's going to go, who's going to win, and if it's going to affect NXT at all. Um, I'm very interested in that. There's so many. I mean, without getting into the tournament too deeply, because we will talk about it in a separate episode. Um, there's so much talent there like more I, I'm I'm not saying like like quantifiable ring skill but there is more potential future star power in this in the May Young Classic tournament than it, there was in the UK tournament um, yeah probably than the when they did the cruiserweight tournament I mean obviously all those guys could work like crazy you know but like as far as like person to person who I like performers who I think could be on a Wrestlemania card someday the May Young Classic is stacked it's interesting. They're because, a longer way off, but yeah. there's a lot of potential there. When you were talking about Keith Lee, it, it got me thinking about, you know, what are they looking for when they sign someone, when they bring them up to the main roster, all those things. And when you watch the UK tournament, there's a lot of good wrestling, but a lot of those guys didn't necessarily have the WWE look, quote unquote. And not even the 2017 WWE look where everything's like, you know, de- like, you know, sized down a couple of degrees. Yeah. It's, it's just like, Hmm, that's different. And Keith Lee different. Um, but you watch the Mae Young Classic, it's like, oh, I can see all of these women being in WWE very soon. Um, so they did a great job of, of, of finding the talent to, to put in this tournament. And I think there's going to be a lot of future women's champions from, from this tournament. Yeah, the, the best thing about these things, and it applies to the UK and the Cruiserweight and everything, is that when they, they do these great little promo packages for each wrestler to start off, and you just don't, you literally go in not knowing who's going to win. I mean, I was shocked by a couple of the first round I mean, not not like, you know, out of my chair shock, but I was like, oh, that's not what I expected to happen at all. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, props to Triple H for putting it together and producing it and doing all the things that wrestling fans ask for, which is to make it feel important, to make and the different. matches yeah, feel different, feel important, feel meaningful, to make wins and losses have a, an effect. The Speaking of different, and I'll bring this all full circle. Uh, I, I meant to say this earlier when we were extolling the virtues of Corey Graves, but I believe it was him on Raw that said during the Cena Jason Jordan match, he said, uh, That's the during, something that Jason Jordan did. He's like, That's the difference between collegiate style and professional. And I was just <laughs> like, That is a great old school heel thing. Just to like actually pretend that these things exist on a continuum that you just like, you go pro and you got to learn new things. And there was some <laughs> of that in the May Young Classic too with, uh, you know, some of like the MMA rules or you know, it's just a different set or a different rule book or whatever. Um, yeah, it's good to have it's good to have things feel different. And, and to bring it even more full circle, that's why we need competition for WWE. I mean, it's good that they're doing it themselves, but we you know, there's a lot of space out there in the pro wrestling world. And and uh, it's nice when it's nice when you don't if you got to if you got to watch seven hours of wrestling a week or eight hours or 10 hours or whatever, it's nice when things aren't all exactly yeah. feel exactly the same look at any wwe crowd 
and 70% of the t-shirts are Bullet Club t-shirts. That says that there is a market for a different kind of professional wrestling. It's just that no one has the money or the TV <laughs> or any of the stuff to actually do it, but it's possible. It's very, very possible. Who is rich enough to make this happen? That also likes professional wrestling? I mean, how much money, how much money does Rick Rubin have, do you think? <laughs> See, he definitely has access to all of the money in the world. Right. But it's got to yeah, it's got to be like someone who like has the who has a giant corporation behind them. Yeah, and then can get television. If if uh, if Impact in the day had been better run, they could have made a real go of it because they had Spike TV behind them, and they were they had national distribution, and they could tour, and they could do all that stuff, and they had big names like Kurt Angle, but they didn't do very well. And now here we are again with them potentially going out of business. Uh, it's a shame, but someone's going to step up. Billy Corgan is floating around there still with whatever Smashing Pumpkins money he has <laughs> left in the NWA name. Yeah. In name only. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe we can get Bill Simmons to buy a wrestling company. I'll talk to him today. We'll see. Um yeah, Billy Corgan's an interesting one. And I think that it's, I mean, I think that, you know, the the cable spot is never going to not be significant. Uh, but, we, you know, we're reaching a point where that's, where it's, you could do it without it. I, right? If, I mean, you could, there, there's a, there's a huge level of prestige that still comes with a, with a, with a, you know, two hour cable time slot. Um but you know, look at I mean, New Japan. I mean, look at I mean, all like all these other companies. It's just, I mean, even the ones that have TV deals, Ring of Honor or whatever. I mean, the uh, all the fans that I you know see on Reddit and Twitter and stuff are just streaming it illegally or whatever. I mean, we just need. And I know that there are all these platforms like the streaming platforms like Twitch are getting into pro wrestling content. We just it just is waiting for that just that 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 perfect company, perfect platform match. I mean. With YouTube getting into television, with all, I mean, the, the, it's the major platforms that if, all they need is just like a good wrestling show, man. And the advertising to make it happen because New Japan World is functional. <laughs> That's the best I can say about it is that it, it works, it doesn't crash on me all the time, but it's not perfect. Uh, but if someone could say, I'm going to put $30 million into promoting this on, you know, various. Uh, in magazines and billboards and TV shows, then maybe it would work. But, you know, it's not even the platform. It's do you have the money to get the word out? You know, the best part, the best people to do it. And I know this is sacrilege. And I think I would probably shit on the idea if it happened in real life. But the but the the people that really that sh that have the money and the platform and the cable and the time slots to really go head to head with WWE would be if W if WME IMG like just just spun a wrestling promotion off of UFC. They will never do that because they represent WWE. Oh, do they? Yeah. Well, it'll never happen. Here's an idea. What about Turner Broadcasting? <laughs> okay. Just a joke. <laughs> just kidding. They pay uh, my bills. Don't be mad at me, Turner Broadcasting. No, I, I you know, I kid with you, Turner. Um. All right. Well, my great idea is out the window. We got to get out of here. Um, excited to see we'll, we'll be back here next week uh, we'll hopefully be talking um, about the 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 Mae Young Classic very soon and we'll be back here next week talking about Vince McMahon and um, next week we can talk we can, let's let's see what happens next week and then let's fantasy book uh, what the best possible use of Vince McMahon in 2017 is beyond just the Cena Roman Reigns what thing. if I said retiring that's just that's mean. I'm just kidding that's I love you Vince totally totally inappropriate 
Uh, thank, do you want to plug anything before we get uh, out of here? Yeah, I have a, uh, a web series, a uh, yes. movie review web series called Cinemacope. It's on the Super Deluxe YouTube channel. Check it out. It's also, you can watch it on Facebook and Twitter and stuff. I reviewed it for this week, so that's dropping on Friday. How good was it? Don't spoil your review or the movie. <laughs> uh, the review is excellent. The, the review itself is really I good. I don't want to spoil whether or not I like the movie, but the review itself, the video no. is well, really good. I'm definitely good. going to check it out. Please do. Um, no, that's super exciting. And I'm super excited about it. There's there's some, you know, there's some good stuff happening. We got football. We got some the summer movies and TV were kind of weird, but we got, you know, Game of Thrones is over. The world is wide open. And professional wrestling is uh, is, as ever, an enormous part of our lives. Yeah. Apologies to Dean Ambrose. This has been the Mask Man Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on the Mask Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mask Man Show. 